politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the real house here on Thursday, June 3rd. Good to be back, even though I'm operating at about 20% brain capacity. Got back from our trip to Front Sight, Nevada, literally in the middle of the night, and I didn't sleep a wink on the plane because planes are like cattle cars these days. No human rights. Um, so I'm, I was in a pretty bad mood, but I'm in a better mood every time I get back in front of this national town hall with you, the audience. It truly was exhilarating, as always, to meet some of you, some new listeners, old listeners as well, coming together to learn both defensive handgun training and the Constitution. It was it was truly enjoyable. It was a great experience. Um, what wasn't enjoyable was the, the flight back. So typically when you take a night flight like that, you'll get some sleep on the plane. I did not sleep a wink on the plane. It was 110 degrees in Vegas when we left. And what what it seems like happens now, and I guess I didn't realize this, but it makes sense. If it's that hot outside and the plane's situated on the ground for a while, and then you board, it takes 30, 40, 50 minutes. So the plane is stifling. <clears throat> and then it really wasn't until like the last half an hour. It took like four hours for it to cool off in the air. So you're sitting there with that diaper on your face. No human rights. Even though my wife made me a really thin one, but still. You can imagine if you have a thicker one. And I'm thinking all along, people think this is over. It's not. Again, flying. Going on school buses, even if your school doesn't have the mandate. Workers of all sorts. Any healthcare setting. This is not over. How in the world after Buck Gang, the transportation secretary, said this is all a matter of respect and Fauci said it's theater, how do we not have a single plaintiff for a lawsuit? I just don't get it. But I think in this way I really want to frame today's show. To tie together two news stories, one is really being talked about a lot, the Fauci emails. Another one is not, but needs to be, and that is Trump's endorsement of Greg something that rhymes with Abbott in the Texas gubernatorial primary, preemptively nuking our primary attempt before we can even get it off the ground. And those two tied together because... You have these news stories that are important, and conservative media will latch on to them a day late, a dollar short. They'll take out the wrong lesson, and moreover, they'll focus on it as a sensational news story as an end to itself, and never be motivated towards policy outcomes. It's all about talking points. Sometimes it's a good talking point. It's a true talking point. Sometimes it's a bad talking point. But nonetheless, the conservative media is all about talking points, not about outcomes. This is why we don't have a conservative media on Trump's case. 
first terrible endorsements, gubernatorial primaries, which certainly are the linchpin to political outcomes. So we're going to get into all that today. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really sorry about yesterday's show was kind of awkward. It was cut short um, because a third of it got destroyed. My uh, travel microphone must have had a crimped cable or something. So we're going to make up for it today. Uh, but still, it was worth going out there, folks. Um, Patriot Academy has been our sponsor since January. ConstitutionCoach.com offers you the best handgun and constitution training. If you haven't been there, it really is a remarkable facility. 50,000 people a year are trained in firearms at this 550-acre complex uh, about an hour outside of Vegas in Pahrump, Nevada. And you've been hearing me talk about this a lot. But basically, it's for everyone. Whether you have never held a weapon before or you're extremely experienced, everyone comes out learning something. Look, I am all for the Second Amendment, but it is kind of shocking how many people don't know how to use a gun properly. Um, and it's it's not good. You really do need to get trained because, let's face it, you're much more likely than ever to be in a gunfight. So, again, if you visit ConstitutionCoach.com, um, you will receive 90% off the training. 90% off their training. And once you go there, there's some really good offers you're going to get. Uh, I, I've i had the time of my life there. It's almost like my second home now. Uh, so, basically, this is the last trip with the hot weather and everything, they don't have anything over the summer because it's just stifling there. They're going to pick it up again in the fall. I could tell you guys, if you look at the dates at constitutioncoach.com, I don't know which ones I'm going to be at yet, but I probably will be at the one starting October 31st. So you might want to look at that now instead of taking a summer vacation. If you want to take a fall vacation, this is really a way to do it. It's really beautiful there during the fall so again, constitutioncoach.com, the best handgun training in America. Okay, folks. So obviously, whenever I go away, a big story has to break. We all know that always happens. It's a, it's a running joke among a lot of my listeners. The world falls apart when I'm, when I'm away. We have the Fauci emails. Now, to you guys, there really is nothing new. From the Fauci emails, okay? It affirms everything we knew all along, and that is the following. If someone like me is able to see the body of literature, scientific literature, on the virus, there's no way that a guy like Fauci didn't see that either. Like, really? I didn't know there's T-cell immunity. Of course he knew. What the emails confirm in totality is that before the issue became political, so you look at the emails in February, early March, he actually acted like a scientist. But the minute it became political, it was all about the politics. That is the power of groupthink in the system. You can never buck the system. See, a lot of people don't understand how could you have so many smart, accomplished people saying that something is a problem or there's a crisis and they'd be totally off? 
And the answer is because if the system makes it clear that that is like the new gay, it's the new global warming, it's the new whatever, transgender, that's what you do. And what you see from these emails is that he saw the studies afterwards, but he ignored them. Even though all of the literature affirmed and reaffirmed his long-standing original positions on natural immunity, asymptomatic transmission, masks not working. But it doesn't matter. This is really what we've seen for so many years with global warming. Oh, 95% of weather dudes, climatologists, climatologists, whatever, they believe in, in global warming. Or do they? It's climate change now because it's not warming so much. You know, for a while in, in the, on the East Coast, we had a lot of warm years. Recently, we've had a lot of cold springs. This year, we've had the coldest spring of my lifetime. It's cyclical. It's natural. It's inveterate. A human can't change that. It goes in cycles. Atmospheric memory when it comes to the cycle of, you know, temperatures, troughs in the jet stream and ridges in the jet stream and, you know, the pattern of, of, of storms, certain winter storms when they come. It's exactly what we saw with the seasonality and geographical uh, distribution of the virus. It, they're actually very similar. They are so natural. But once it becomes a political issue, this is what you do. And that's what you saw throughout all the emails. I mean, obviously you have, um, you know, you have Fauci's email on asymptomatic spread. Nothing different than he said publicly, but we know privately too. He said um, this was in an email to Greg Folkers of NIH. It was February 4th. I meant to say that most transmission occur from someone who is symptomatic, not asymptomatic. Right? Straight up. Then you had the famous email a lot of people are talking about a day later, which was February 5th, to Sylvia Burwell. Right? She was the HHS secretary under Obama. Masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring the infection. The t the so for, for, first of all, just, just freeze frame right there. Freeze frame right there. Right, He, he admits right away, you're never going to protect yourself. But then he says the typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. And that's simple. It's small enough to pass through the material. Now, you could say, oh, you know, he panicked, whatever. But then shortly afterwards, we saw everywhere that it didn't make a difference. And he kept it going. Kept it going. Then we have an email from Fauci to Greg Folkers on March 31st where he actually cites, I'm sorry, not cites, but he was informed by Folkers of a pulled randomized controlled trial data that showed masks did not work 
in community settings to prevent respiratory viruses. Okay. Dr. Fauci, I found the attached review of masks that addresses use in the community settings. Generally, there were not differences in ILI, right? That's uh, influenza-like illness or flu rates when masks were used. They knew this. They knew it. Then you had, this is a real interesting one, the doggy cone email. This is a little later from uh, April 7th. Her name was Karen. Um, Karen Becks sent an email to Fauci. Thank you so much for keeping things honest and know that I am such a champion of you. I guess her grammar is not great, but I can say, you know, it's an email. I hope that reaching out is okay. I work at HHS iOS team. As I sit here at home and have been thinking about the shortage of medical supplies, doggy cones actually can be used as protection for our healthcare workers. Just a thought that looks and sounds crazy, but can help. Doggy cones. And he answers, thanks for your note. I mean, so I... <laughs> but, but, but the point is, this is what is going on at these agencies. So I think what you see, it's a mixture. You have mental retards that really do believe in sane things. And then even the ones that start out <clears throat> with some degree of knowledge... The politics changes them. Changes them completely. There was another email on um, March 2nd where Fauci says the epidemic will eventually decline and stop on its own without a vaccine. And what became clear, and, and if you remember me talking about this last late March, early April, I kept banging away at this point. That once a virus, CDC said this years ago, once a flu is more than 1% prevalent in a population, there's no way to contain it. And he basically recognized that in all the emails. So before I get to the punchline of what I see from these emails, I just want to introduce you to our second sponsor today, which really ties into our first, We the People Holsters. Those of you who now got a feel of what it's like to shoot from the holster, time shots, headshots at seven yards, uh, you know, controlled pairs to the chest at 10 and 15 yards, you know that you need a an effective holster because your both speed and accuracy all depend on how effectively you get to count one and pull that gun out of the holster. Um, and it's not just target practice. I mean, that's that's what's going to save your life in a defensive situation. Um, so many people obsess about concealed carrying, and then they don't focus on the holster. It's a big mistake. Uh, we the people, aside from their cool designs, everyone kind of knows them for that. They are really um, very much a good fit for any firearm you have. They pretty much make them all right-handed, left-handed, inside the waist, outside the waist, um, for any model that you might want, go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. While you're at it, check out their premium printed hoodies, long sleeve shirts, their new EDC tactical gun belts. That's another thing. You want a tactical gun belt that is certainly very sturdy, but it has a little elasticity in it so you can bounce it out. Um, that's something you're going to learn again at the course. Every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee. 
Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Get an extra $10 off um, with offer code CR. So it really is a pretty good price for such a well-made holster. wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. So, folks, you know, I, I was on the plane and I couldn't sleep because it was so doggone hot with that stupid thing on. And I never have cable at home, so I only see it at the hotel or the in-flight service they offer, whatever. And and, and actually, Hannity was on when uh, I just got on the plane. And I just turned it on for a second, just wanted to see what he was talking about. And I see he was really delving into the Fauci emails. But he was obsessively focused on the Wuhan lab. And that got me thinking that... They're always missing the point. Like, it's not necessarily a bad point. It's not necessarily unimportant. Sometimes it is a very important point. But it's always at the wrong time in the wrong place and not really harnessed to head in the right direction and achieve the outcome that we're looking for. Not just a talking point in his end to itself. The reality is that the genesis of this virus is the least consequential aspect of the entire COVID saga in terms of of the future of America, the future of our government, the, the reforms that need to be put in place, what we need to do in the states and the counties to get our freedoms back. Now, it is important in terms of punishing China, but we knew that anyway. Our, our foreign policy... We basically need to be at a state of cold war with China and counter them at every turn and hold them accountable. But what was more egregious about the virus emanating from a Chinese lab is the tyranny emanating from our own government officials. That is the real issue there. Okay? That is the problem we have. It's not like we're retrospectively studying something that like, okay, breathe a sigh of relief. We're done with it. No, I couldn't breathe last night. We're not done with this. And again, like, I don't fly that much. I don't go to the doctor that much. And I have my own job here. But for so many people, they're going to indefinitely either have to wear a diaper when it's proven it is harmful and doesn't help one iota, or they're going to have to get the poison, which the every day, the more things go on, the more we learn the risk of myocarditis and God knows what's long-term. And with the efficacy, really, it's starting to look like the mask where there is zero correlation between vaccination rates And outcomes, because what appears to have happened is that any place that hit 40% prevalence of the virus, that that 40% got it, it died out. Nothing to do with the vaccine, as Fauci himself in one of the emails envisioned. That is still going on. Okay, that is still happening every day. So the bigger story than even Fauci's emails and the Wuhan lab is this uh, Pittsburgh's Channel 4 
Some students may have to wear masks to school this fall if communities don't get vaccinated, Fauci warns. Americans have seen a wave of reopenings, a relaxation of restrictions, but experts are warning the public not to get complacent. And if some communities continue to see high levels of COVID infections, children under 12 in those areas will likely still have to wear a mask. Could you imagine the people that are the least infected, affected by it? Elementary school students. Fauci is saying that they will have to wear masks. Folks, that's the bigger scandal. That despite the emails and despite the fact that he was caught lying on that. The bigger issue is not so much the lie about the Genesis, but that reveals that we were lied to about masks, lied to about six feet, lied to about aerosol transmission, lied to about natural immunity, lied to about asymptomatic spread. Lie to about the way you treat the virus and the effectiveness of a hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and vitamin D and zinc. The ineffectiveness of remdesivir and some of these other protocols. And that brings us to the final frontier, which is the vaccine. So we take everything we've learned the last couple of weeks, which you guys in this audience learned it since last March. You knew all this. Nothing is really new. Just the public's getting a taste of this. We are to believe that this is both as safe and as effective as they make it out to believe. But again, it's not just an academic debate. They are forcing it. You know, some some of you might have a, a situation in your life where it doesn't affect you anymore. Okay, I can go into stores now. But for a, a ton of people, it's heartbreaking the emails I get. From people who have to work jobs that are very, you know, labor intensive, gets hot, they still have to wear it. Even if they did get vaccinated, some, they leverage it against the vaccine only if they show they have proof of vaccination. You have, I get, got emails from two flight attendants to, you know, two two stewardesses that were saying that uh, they can't take it anymore. You know, as bad as it is for a passenger, they're on that plane all day. Multiple flights. It's not going out. It, it, it's not ending. So what's bizarre is conservative media spent an entire year largely ignoring the issue of a lifetime and demanding. And again, here's the here's the critical point. They might not have had sway over Biden. But A, they had sway over Trump. Remember, this all started under Trump. Fauci was created under Trump. We yelled that he needed to fire Burks and, and Fauci. Mike Pence created all of this. You should see the people that forgot the name of his, uh, the person that helped coordinate that task force. Total leftist. And none of them used their influence with the administration to end it. None of them used their influence with people like Greg Abbott that bought into this for a full year. Now he's like a big hero. I don't get it. It's too late. And it's not like he pushed legislation to permanently prevent this from happening. He just said the transmission rates are so low now, we no longer need it. Never admitting that it doesn't work, 
nor does he have the legal authority to do what he did. And Didu, for all these governors that are up for re-election in a primary, after having foisted upon us the same tyranny as the Democrat governors, maybe a couple weeks or months shorter, in a couple different ways, but the same nonetheless, and Trump is going to endorse, by the way, every single one of them. Every single one of them. So they didn't focus on it. Now that it's like a nice scandal, a nice talking point, the emails, the FOIA, the, 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 you know, the, the Wuhan lab, they'll focus on it as a news story, but not like the way I do. Like, wait a minute. We need a Nuremberg-style trial, but short of that, at least a commission in all the states that would listen to your Sean Hannity's and Tucker Carlson's and Laura Ingram's and whatever else out there and demand that the state legislatures convene an emergency session. The ones that left, which is most of them by now, and study all the ways the state departments of health and education are still continuing to promulgate very impactful policies upon businesses and schools and just citizens at large. Even in the ones that you think are free, they're still doing a lot of things pursuant to premises that have been debunked. And then crafting Never again legislation to ensure that governors and and local executives can never do this again. Enshrining some of this in the state constitutions. I've talked about that. If you Google Daniel Horowitz never again legislation, you'll find my outline for what such a bill would look like. I might be operating on two hours of sleep, 20% brain capacity, but you'll learn more than you do in these other shows. And again, I'm not saying it's not important sometimes to delve into the details of these stories, but then you got to take it somewhere. You can't ignore Fauci is a lie. I mean, Sean Hannity was promoting masks, not just not talking about it. He actually said, wear your mask when it actually mattered because then it became normal. Now it's like no one even bats an eyelash. But it's like, how do you do that to a human being? It's unconstitutional by a mile, more than anything government has ever, ever, ever done. I mean, maybe Korematsu with uh, you know, the internment of the Japanese, but I mean, it, it, it is unbelievable. So now it's like, yeah, you know, time to take the mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it's still happening. In every state, you need a never-again bill, and you need a bill preventing any business from mandating masks or vaccines. The title of my bill is from, uh, my, from May 19th, my article, A Never-Again Law to Prevent Future Public Health Fascism. And again, I go through each, each point. You'd have a Declaration of Rights and Principles. Some of it you'd put in the state constitution. Stuff on businesses, stuff on human beings, bodily integrity. We don't have this in any state. We don't. 
But that's the thing. Like, a lot of these guys are still promoting the vaccine. Oh, because Mr. Trump did the vaccine. Notice how on the most consequential issues, primary elections, somehow not only is Trump not a help, but he's downright at the forefront pushing it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat that anymore. But this is from the British, British Medical Journal. Just came out. They did a study of Norway. And they found, you know, 10 deaths of frail elderly people. And their point was, so we've been talking a lot about um, a risk-benefit analysis of younger adults and certainly children where even if the absolute risk of the virus of the vaccine turns out to be low, which we really don't know because we don't know the long-term effects, it's still greater than the risk of the virus for those people. Now you say, okay, what about people like in their final year of their life? They're the most vulnerable, right? But then when you move to that end of the spectrum, you kind of come full circle and have the same problem because then they're even more vulnerable to the vaccine and is it really worth taking ending their life early? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it, the fact that they're so vulnerable also makes it that it's not worth it. And they conclude here, again, this is a Norwegian study published in the British uh, Medical Journal, the benefits of vaccination for very frail people with very short life expectancy should therefore be careful, carefully assessed against associated risks. And it may often be better not to vaccinate the group recommended. And, you know, more and more of this is coming out. They never said that about the flu shot. And yet we, we don't have, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like the Daniel Horowitzes, it's the Steve Daces, it's the, the mid-level dudes, not the top tier that have tremendous audience, tremendous influence. They're always a day late, a dollar short, misdirect the message, never parlay it into a specific action item, never recognizing the power when they have it, when Trump was president at a federal level, and even now in all the states that Republicans control. And they just kind of pontificate as an end to itself so the, the, they all kind of sound like they're saying what Steve and I are saying, but it's very different because they're still not recognizing that we're still under threat because, frankly, they still never admitted that they didn't properly fight this issue to begin with. The lesson of the Wuhan lab and the Fauci emails is that they were lying on everything and not war in the past tense. They still are. It's not like Fauci's like done with. All these people are they're they're still putting out all this stuff. The only reason they even relinquished what they did was just to promote the vaccine because no one wanted it when they were saying that you still have to wear a mask everywhere. So it's not enough. If all these Republican governors and attorneys general really meant what what they what they mean when they're like, oh, we're we're against Fauci now, we want to be free, not like the blue states. Why do they not have a lawsuit against CDC and TSA on the whole traveling air airplane thing? It's extremely draconian. You're sitting there with the plane on the ground. It's hot. And to sit and cover your mouth like that 
when they now admit that they're even according to their lies, it's theater and out of respect. When has that ever worked for an even rational basis test, much less intermediary scrutiny, much less strict scrutiny, which any fundamental right needs to uh, be subjected to? So that's the point here. We haven't learned our lesson, which ties into the next thing, Trump's endorsement. I, I was uh, you know, trying to record yesterday's show, but th- this part got cropped off. And then I comes across, I see a New York Post article, Trump endorses Greg Abbott. And, you know, I was talking with a lot of people at our get-together about the importance of gubernatorial primaries this next year. We see the power of governors. They could make your life miserable like we see with COVID, but on the other hand, they could serve as the most powerful force of interposing between you and a tyrannical federal government. And, you know, everyone inevitably gets back to Texas because it has the Lone Star reputation, going it alone, being independent. Talk about the Texas independence movement. And I tell people I'm all for that. But the reason we don't have it is because you need some sort of government with which to interpose to do that. In other words, the vexing question for all of us is what do we do? What do we do when a government becomes so tyrannical literally the opposite of what it should be doing. It doesn't do, you know, it invades our country. There's so much news on the border I haven't even gotten to. I did did a show earlier this week on that. Uh, but there's there's more. They're literally working with the cartels. They're now bringing back previously deported criminal aliens. The crime stuff is crazy what's going on. The amount of murderers, double murderers being released in all these states. And yet, they treat us like criminals. Tyranny and anarchy all at once. So obviously, we have the right and the duty to throw off such a government. The problem is, practically, how do we do that? And practically, the only way it's going to happen is some form of the doctrine of least magistrate where you take an existing institution and you have as much uh, unanimity of opinion binding together as you can sheriffs, county commissions, county prosecutors, state legislature, governor is really, I mean, if you can get all that, you really, if you can get all those people on the same page, you can neuter the federal government. We've seen that time and again. And then certainly you have multiple states doing it at once. That That is my dream. That's what my Constitution Action teams are if you go to constitutionaction.com you want to sign up for one of our liberty strike force teams to make red states red again that's our point it could be done but you need people to do it greg abbott has been screwing us so the texas governor's race is literally that primary is the most important election of our lifetime i'm just telling you if you have the best conservative ever that you could run for office. And God gave me a choice between running him as governor of Texas or governor of, or or president, I would run him as governor of Texas. The the federal system is inevitably broken. Texas is the largest red state, second largest state in the country, 
has a reputation of going it alone. If you are able to get a good governor there, you could make Texas live up to its reputation that people think it is, but it's really not. Its policies are blue. You could fix the legislature, because the reason why we why we have a terrible speaker there, Phelan, whatever his name is, and the Senate leadership, is because Greg Abbott straddles the fence. He's a fraud. He doesn't poke his th- thumb in the eye like the way you know DeWine does is blatantly because he's not stupid. But here, for the first time ever, we finally have a legitimate primary. Alan West looks like he's going to run. There's several others. Chad Prather, our very own Chad here at, at the Blaze, is 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 going to run. And, and, and that's not a bad thing to have multiple candidates because they do have a runoff. So the guy who gets the most will be in a runoff, likely with Greg Abbott. So if anything, once you actually have a runoff, and therefore there's no risk of splitting the vote, it's actually better to have more candidates with a diverse personality, geographical distribution, so you just make it more exciting, grow the momentum that this is unlike previous primaries where the incumbent inevitably gets the nomination. No, you take him down. And boom, Trump comes in and endorses Greg Abbott. Literally like the Egyptian... Uh, Air Force that the Israelis bombed in the Six-Day War before they can get it off into the skies. Bombed it on the ground. Trump carpet bombs us. And once you he does that, you know that he's going to endorse Mark Gordon in Wyoming and Brad Little in Idaho and all the people we want to get out. KIV in Alabama. The only ones he ever goes after are when it's personal. When it's personal. So if you look up his endorsements for the 2022 primaries, they're all crappy incumbents preemptively ensuring that, you know, nobody could mount a primary challenge to these guys. The only time he does it is when it's personal. Then he'll endorse in a primary. That's it. Very sad. Very, very sad. So if you look at his endorsements this year, let's look at a governor. So governor, Greg Abbott, Henry McMaster of South Carolina, And Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Again, that's personal. That's his person. That's an open seat. He has not endorsed against a single incumbent rhino, of which there are many. And in fact, he endorsed all the rhinos like Holcomb and Jim Justice, the guys that are killing us last cycle. Jerry Moran, that was the guy, this is for Senate in Kansas. This is the guy that blamed Trump for January 6th. John Bozeman of Arkansas, another rhino, Tim Scott, Marco Rubio, and then he threw in Ron Johnson and Rand Paul are kind of better incumbents, but incumbents nonetheless. Not that I want Rand Paul out. I'm just saying, you know, he he automatically endorses incumbents. There's nothing new about that. The only House candidate he's gotten into was Max Miller, 
for Ohio 16 because that incumbent, so that that is a challenger because incumbent Gonzalez there uh, voted for impeachment. It's all personal. The only other challenger he endorsed in a statewide race is for Secretary of State in Georgia, Jody Heiss, against that crazy, you know, pro-fraud guy, forget his name. And and that look, I agree with it. I'm just saying that was personal. But here's the problem with that. If you go down the roster of Rhino governors, all of them except for DeWine were very careful never to say any ill word about Trump. They're not stupid. So not only doesn't Trump endorse against them, guess what happens when you get a tough primary challenge? The first thing you do is go to Trump to save you. And with few exceptions, he bails them all out. I I don't know what to say. I don't have a direct line to him. But I could tell you a lot of big names that you're probably very familiar with do have a line to him. How do they not say, hey, Mr. Trump, are you with Fauci or are you with DeSantis? Which one do you want? If you want DeSantis, well, we have a gubernatorial race in Idaho where Brad Chicken Little is going with Fauci and Janice McGeehan is going with DeSantis. Which one are you going to support? You better support Janice. Why am I the only one focusing on that? But this is what it's all about. It's all about focusing on broad things. Look at what the Democrats are doing. Look at the Democrat scandal. But then what they miss is that Republicans are doing almost the same thing. And they actually have influence, particularly in the red states, or at a federal level when Trump was president, to ensure that it doesn't happen. If if these same asshole Fox News, and I'm sorry for the language, but I'm so upset, but these Fox News hosts would have been in, as emphatic against Fauciism as Steve Dace and I were in March, April, and May of last year, and then they probably had a few more months they could have done it and still made a difference. Guess who was president all the way through January? Most of the time. Most of the time. And certainly the pivotal months when we set this as a precedent. It was Trump. And we were screaming from the rooftops. We tried everything we could do. We got in Scott Atlas, but it was a little bit too late. Scott literally made his debut before Fox picked him up on Steve's show and my show. And uh, th- this is this is where we are. They're always a day late, a dollar short. And even then, never on target. Never on target. You have to take your shot and stay on the front site. Those of you who just joined me at our front site training, their facility is called front site for a reason. You know, when you learn how to shoot, you learn trigger control, not to slap the trigger. Take out the slack, smooth, trigger press. Doesn't look like it looks in the movies. But you know what? You get your shot. You slap the trigger, 
your shot's going to be low. And that's what Fox News is. And or you know, the whole conservative movement is really like that. They're looking for really sexy stories and, you know, scandals. And sometimes they're important to talk about, but it's where you're headed with them. What point do you want to draw from them? Just drives me nuts to my core. I can't take it. How Trump could nuke our most important primary before it gets off the ground and no one even talks about it. See, that's something that's all in the family. I can't influence what Fauci and Biden does. We, believe me, they could have gotten Trump to fire him. But you're not going to get Biden to fire him. He's not going to listen to Tucker or Laura or Sean. But you know what? Do you know who, who will listen to them? Donald Trump. These phony Republican governors who want to ingratiate themselves to conservative voters headed into next year's primaries. Get something for it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make our will known and make demands of state legislators, of county officials, of governors, because we got to make red states truly red so we have a place to go to protect our liberties and really to start rebuilding. It's in our hands. It's very close. You see, sometimes we get pretty close to doing this. But there's just not enough momentum. There's not enough people doing this. We can't lose sight. Stop looking behind you. Don't skate to where the puck has been. Skate to where it's going. I'm fine if you want to talk about the lab. I mean, that's that's fine. But the main point is that Fauci and company, and that includes most Republican officials still believe in the vaccination mask regime to an extent, depending on which Republican you're talking about and how much. And it should be completely discredited, not just now, which we haven't gotten rid of it yet, but then inoculating ourselves for the future so that this can never, ever happen again. How we can go through such a dark period and not have Civil War-style civil rights. You know, we had the Civil War, so they had civil rights amendments after that. You have this. How do you not have state constitutions being changed? Because remember, you know, to amend the federal constitution, convention of the states, you're going to need 34 states for a convention, 38 to sign off. It's going to take a long time. To amend the state's constitution, you know, if you have a supermajority in the legislature, you you know, pretty much, depending on the rules of the state, some states it's easier, some it's harder, but you, you should be able to do that in one, one session. Amend the constitution. Sometimes it's going to be a ballot initiative, and that's fine. Put it on the ballot. But it's got to be action items. The left harnesses talking points in in pursuit of policy outcomes. They have their eye on that front sight. They know where they want that shot to go. You look at a target and you orient the gun to where you want that shot to go. 
Republicans and fake conservative media, they harness random policies, whether they're conservative or not, whether they're prudent or not, in pursuit of a talking point as the end game. I want my daily talking point. You see, you see what they did. You see the hypocrisy. And again, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, we all do it and there's nothing wrong with it. But to what end? And especially when you're a year too late. I'm all for converts. But what, what a convert usually is, I mean, you see like a convert to Islam, you know, they're more zealous than anyone else. They like, they want to make sure we're all in on it. Not like dipping your toe into it. So I'm all for these talk shows like getting involved in it. It's the same thing they do on crime. Like, I didn't get to it today, but all the crime stories we have is crazy. And the law changes that need to be made. It's like, look at what the Democrat blue cities are doing. They're burning everything down. You idiots, you joined with Trump and with the First Step Act and the jailbreak movement and the entire premise behind it. So you have Texas has just as bad of jailbreak as almost anywhere else. I mean, probably California is letting out more murderers, but it's not like Texas never did that either. I've written about cases like that before. New York, oh my gosh, like, you know, you could just have 50 arrests and beat people up and firearms charges and you you get released without bail. Well, I got news for you. Harris County, Texas has been doing the same thing. There was a bill to try to clamp down on that in the House, passed the House, didn't pass the Senate. Why didn't pass the Senate? Because Greg Abbott didn't force the issue. Because Greg Abbott is a fraud. So all these talk show hosts that claim to, you know, want red cities versus blue cities or red states versus blue states, well, why don't you help me push this? I turned on Sean Hannity's show for a couple minutes. <clears throat> and I, uh, he had Nancy Mace on. And... You know, she's a huge leftist, one of these real progressive libertarians, very into criminal justice deform, by the way, among other things. And she was crying about how someone left like Nazi graffiti on her sidewalk in front of her home. You're talking about like, and she, so she started talking about Antifa and everything they're doing. But she bought into the entire BLM over policing, over criminalization narrative. Like that, that's the sick irony of it. They always like talking about something they either can't influence or when the ball is no longer in play. But when they're on the team with possession of the freaking ball, meaning either Republicans are in charge at a federal level or in perpetuity they're in charge in in half the states, they have possession of that ball. You could do anything you want with it. You have your megaphone. You have a Republican governor and legislature who, for the most part, badly want good press from conservatives. Don't want bad press. Don't want primary challenges. Some of these states, you have two to one, but even three and four and five to one majorities in some uh, legislative chambers. You could make any play you want. Politically speaking, that's the equivalent of having 
No safeties, no defensive linemen against you, no anyone. AKA, what do you think my state of Maryland or Connecticut or California, Oregon, what do you think those states look like when Democrats have strong majorities? And by the way, in most of these states I'm talking about, Republicans have even larger majorities than 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 what Democrats have in the aforementioned states. The point is, it's got to go somewhere. Again, I, I apologize for these funky analogies, being obsessed with guns, just because we, you know, when you, when you when you spend that much time shooting in the heat in the desert, you're just like so into it. Um, you know, it's kind of like you go to the range sometimes and you'll watch people just discharge their firearm. Like they don't want to learn anything, train, practice drills. Like they just like maybe they like hearing the noise or something. They just discharge the firearm and the shots go all over the place. Or you could have someone that practices the proper five count draw from the holster, proper sight alignment, sight picture, trigger control, takes those shots, sends the lead downrange to where that target is, where you want the bullet to go. But then again, I hate to be a cynic here, but I think you'll agree with me. Most of them don't have that target whether it's the center of the thoracic cavity or it's the, you know, a brain shot, a head shot. That's not where their target is. Their target is random. Their target is they have a talk show where they earn $5 million, $10 million, and it's working for them. And they focus on whatever is in the news cycle. And it works. If COVID finally breaks into the news cycle where it becomes cool to talk about what some of us have been talking about for 15 months, they'll talk about it, but they'll discuss it in a talking point manner, not speaking to the morality. Because you know what? If you believe something in word, it's supposed to penetrate the heart. And if it penetrates the heart, Well, guess what's supposed to happen? It's supposed to spawn action. Action. Okay? That's why we're starting Constitution action. Not talking about the Constitution, but then, like, not really doing anything about it. Action. That we're always going to have action items in each legislature. This is what we're doing at any given time. Demand it. Focus on primaries up and down the level from governor down to school board and sheriff and county prosecutor, county judge. Focus on the policies they're doing. Hand out papers on what we want the policies to be. Work with the five to ten good state legislators in each chamber that introduce good bills, but they go in the garbage and drive calls into the offices of the other Republicans. And if they support it, then you won them over. If they don't, name and shame them throughout the local communities and use that as a recruitment tool for primaries. I spoke about this at at one of the dinners 
at front sight where, you know, in Deuteronomy, when it talks about repentance, chapter 30, verse 10, 10, 11, 12, talks about repentance. When you obey the Lord, your God, to observe his commandments and his statutes, when you return to the Lord, you return with all your heart and soul. For this commandment which I command you this day is not concealed from you, nor is it far away. It is not in the heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and fetch it for us to tell it to us so that we can fulfill it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the other side of the sea for us to fetch it for us to tell us so that we can fulfill it. Rather, the thing is very close to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can fulfill it. Mouth, but not just mouthing off, has to go too hard. And then if it really does go to your heart, you're going to have that desire and resolve to actually fulfill it. And that is what we are lacking in conservative media, even when they finally hone in on the right issue. There's no resolve to ever wield their influence when it matters. In many respects, today's show is a commercial for this program because this is what we do. Um, So I wanted it to be a little bit more perspective-oriented because rather than information-oriented, just because I'm honestly behind on a lot of things, just being out there in the desert, not even having reception much of the time, and uh, you know, just being uh, out of so many of my typical beats, I am behind on creating team leaders. Um, I need one for Western Ohio. I have one for Eastern Ohio. I got to circle back with some of my team leaders. I do have an interesting idea. Maybe maybe in the fall, we could take a group of all the team leadership of our strike force teams to get together and coordinate and have kind of a conference and a defense training at Frontsite together. It would be a lot of fun. So folks, um, here's the thing. Stop expecting such low expectations. Well, you should expect them, but stop... Stop being happy with that, being content with that. What you hear on Fox News, demand better, demand results. And results is what we are in pursuit of here, which is why I'm here every day. Again, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you hear the show, give us a five-star rating sent to 50 of your friends and relatives. Until tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.